Sadly, criminals are getting quite good at impersonating vendors. This is definitely not good news for companies and their accounts payable teams. Today, we're going to perform an autopsy on a fraud that was almost successful. We'll show you the tiny clues the savvy accounting specialist uncovered that put her on the trail of a scam that could have cost her organization a huge amount of money. In uncovering the fraud at her organization, she helped crack a much larger fraud targeted at one of their suppliers. Stick around until the end when we summarize what you should look at for your organization so you don't fall into a similar trap created by those conniving savvy fraudsters now targeting accounts payable, treasury, and accounting departments everywhere. Hey guys, I'm Mary Schaefer, founder of AP Now, the place where you go for all the latest business intelligence impacting your payment and accounts payable function. I'm joined by the hero of this story, Colleen Oliphant from the Tulsa Public Schools. So Colleen, you have responsibility for the master vendor file and specifically for making changes to banking information. Can you tell us what your standard procedure is? Well, I look at particularly banking changes. I look them over very closely and I'm looking at a lot of things, just trying to figure out how did this get to me? Was it an internally generated request? Did the vendor initiate it? Did we initiate it? The other thing I do, especially on EFTs, I set them aside for a couple of days. Right. I just refuse to act quickly on those. And if there's pressure, the more pressure there is, the longer, longer I'll Well, that's up. also kind of a red flag for fraud, not necessarily yeah. a guarantee, but a red flag. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I'm looking over the email address pretty closely to try to make sure there's no spoofing going on. Look at the contact names, compare it to the vendor contact information we already have on the file. And then kind of the last bit of it is if it all looks pretty up to snuff, then, then I call them using the phone number on the vendor record and ask to speak to somebody about it. And you know, nine times out of 10, they say, oh yeah, we're making that change. But then you have the other small fraction where they didn't initiate that. So anyway, I sit on it and make calls and look it over. All right. So along that line, can you tell us what happened in the most recent incident, the one that almost fooled you? Yeah. So the way that one came to me was our internal person who puts invoices on the system, she had been contacted. They wanted to make a banking change. I think we had been paying them by check and they were telling her they wanted to EFT payments. Okay. And so I think as part of that, she actually sent them our vendor registration form. Okay. So by the time it came to me, it looked very legitimate. Okay. So there was a vendor registration form. There was a W-9 attached, which is one of our standard things we get in. And, you know, it had the name of the president of the company on the form. But two things about it were weird. One was, even though they filled out the vendor registration form, there was no contact information. It was just the name of the man at the real company. <laughs> and yeah but we, not his real email address <laughs> yeah he, there was no phone or no email address given and then the other thing that caught my eye on the w9 it had the name of the vendor okay 
it had a different address than what we had on file. So that was a little weird too, but it had a different tax ID. Now that really freaked me out. And I thought, why would somebody change their tax right. ID? Right. I fully expected it was a bogus tax ID. <laughs> so <laughs> I went out to the IRS website to do the tin match and I put in the real vendor name and the new tax ID. And I was stunned when it came back as a good match because I really expected it not to. So they went to the trouble of setting up a phony Venta Well, the IRS? That's all I can figure Yeah, is yeah. that they went out there and got a new tax ID. Now, how it could have the exact same name, I don't get that. But anyway. I, I thought about it after you told me, and I do get it because... There's a lot of companies with the same name, like small companies, you know, there might be one in Michigan and there might be one in Florida and another one in New Hampshire. So at first I thought that doesn't, but then when I thought about it, I was like, yeah, legitimately it could right. happen. Okay. Okay. So I sent an email to the man that's on our vendor record. And I said, I got this request here for banking change. And I'm just curious, can you tell me what's up with the tax ID? And I think I also mentioned that it looked like they were wanting to change their banking to get direct deposit. Mm -hmm. He wrote back almost immediately and said, I never sent that. That's a bogus form. Disregard the change. Well, to me, it was bigger than just disregard the change. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, for you, that was fine. But for him... Well, you know, it took me a little while. I think we kind of switched over phone calls about then. And he was not understanding why I was so concerned about the tax ID. And so anyway, I finally convinced him. I said, something's really up here. I think you need to go to law enforcement. So I recommended that he work with the FBI. But in our conversation at this point, we're both going, how did they send an email Right. From his email account. So after we hung up, it was kind of late in the day, as I recall. But after we hung up, I had a thought. I thought, well, let me just copy the email address itself to a text file. And that's, that's when I saw what they had done. And I know you've mentioned this on mm -hmm. your other videos and stuff, but they spoofed the email. They twisted. Let's see. The real email had an L in it and was presented as a lowercase l. And what these people did is they set up an email address exactly the same, except they swapped out a capital I for one lowercase l. Could you actually see it? Because I've looked at that on my screen, you know, once I heard that people were doing that, I couldn't tell. I mean, I couldn't the, either. And I mean, yeah. the, real, the real email also had other l's in it. Right. But this L was further from those. And if you knew that that's what you were looking for, you could tell it was. Well, it wasn't so, quite the same height. Yes. It was ever so slightly shorter. But man, you would have to really have to know what you're looking for. You'd have to know what you're looking for. So kind of the easy way to spot it for anybody who's right. wanting to chase these down. I would just copy paste it into notepad because there you've got the courier font. And it's much more obvious. So you put it in the courier font because in some fonts, it's not obvious. Right. The font normally used for email, at least in our email. Yeah. You can't, you can't see it. But, you know, courier font is, 
is great for for that purpose. You know, it really looks different. A capital right. really looks different than a small L. <laughs> I guess any font that was kind of a script font would show it. I think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what happened with the supplier? Okay. So I, you know. You didn't her, make the change and pay them. So. No. You no. were kind of. Fine. No, I, I disregarded it. In fact, I, I saved the form and I put giant red letters at the top, fraudulent attempt, do not process. And, but I saved it on yeah. the vendor record because I wanted a record of that. Right, right. But anyway, so last I knew I had sent him off to FBI or something like that. Mm -hmm. So he called me, I don't know, two or three days later. And he said, well, I just wanted to let you know kind of what's happened. He said that they found out that somebody had broken in to his email and they started just snooping. And mm -hmm. so they lurked in the background for a while, figured out who were six or seven of their large customers mm -hmm. that owed them some fairly large payments. So then what the person did is they spoofed the email like we just alluded to, swapped out the I and the L. So the fraudster had a way to communicate with these people. Mm -hmm. They identified the people in the man's email. And then to me, this is particularly diabolical. They were in his outlook and they set up a folder of folders that were out of view. Oh, it was a folder of folders. Folder or folders. They set up kind of out of view and then they set up outlook rules that would capture incoming emails from those specific targeted individuals and it would automatically move and mark it red move it to these other folders mm -hmm. so the real guy never saw right. any of this no correspondence with these people and so my email to him got through because i never corresponded with them before. You so know. you weren't on the move list. Right, right. So I wasn't, you know, identified as somebody that they would so handle. If you had sent it back to the person in your organization who originally got it, for her to follow up, it could have been right. missed. Yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. So can we talk a little bit about that new W-9? So I assume you had a W-9 on file for them. Mm -hmm. So in theory, in theory, you didn't need a new one. No, but I think probably we, in our vendor registration form, we just have a two pager thing. So I've okay. got a page one is like, you know, who gets the purchase orders and what type of payments do you pay, take and all that. And then the second one is just straight off the IRS. It's a right. W9. So, right. um, so when our person, you know, when the fraudster kept, leaning on her to change the payment over to EFT or was getting a little hateful maybe. Uh, so she just went ahead and sent them our form knowing I would probably ask for that. <laughs> Good. Good. So it was a little weird that it came in on my own form, you know. Right. But well, that's kind of deceiving. And that's one of the reasons that we, I mean, we used to, if you know, we remember when we start, companies started moving to ACH for vendor payments, we tell people, put the form on your website. Um, and this way your suppliers will know you're making electronic payments and they can sign up for it. But now we tell people don't do that because the crooks will take the form and fill it out. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I've, I've seen other forms. This wasn't in this particular case, but I've seen some other attempts have been made against me and, and uh, they would take the logo yeah. it off the website and they'd make up a little bank, yes. letter, you know, and uh, it looks all very legitimate. Um, and that one, as I recall, they had spoofed the email, like put a dot someplace weird or taken one out. Something. So, so I will make you laugh. I used to uh, serve as the treasurer for a small not-for-profit. We did not, everybody was volunteer. And you talk about taking the logo. So in their attempt to try and get me to do a wire transfer, they had, they had uh, dummied up somehow the president's email and they took the logo and they made this real little nice signature uh, line with the, the logo and, you know, well, the real kick of it was we didn't have such <laughs> a signature block. And I remember looking at it thinking, A, this is a dead giveaway, it's a fraud. And B, <laughs> oh, this is nice. Maybe we should give it <laughs> Thanks for the tip, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if they hadn't gotten the new W-9, if they just had, you would have asked for it? Well, not necessarily. I, probably what I would have done is uh, just call the person on the yeah. record and say, look, I've got a request here to um, change your payment type. Mm -hmm. uh, is Are you trying to do that? So. Okay. If I hadn't got sidetracked with the tax ID thing, <laughs> that's where I would have gone next. Okay. All right. Before we get to what you should be looking for to make sure this doesn't happen in your organization, if you like this spooky tale, please give us a thumbs up. And if you love to please subscribe. We produce new content for this channel three times a week. Tuesdays and Thursdays are reserved for payment and accounts payable issues. And Saturdays are reserved for Wordle. So now, uh, Colleen, how, let's take a look at how folks can uh, protect themselves. So what I like to say, and I think you did this, if anything looks odd or is out of place or is a change in existing practice, question it. Right. Um, you know, I'm just always looking for little clues. Uh, it can, um, in addition to things we've already said, it could be, um, although I don't know all the vendors personally, but if right. things start to feel like it's getting hateful, then that'd oh. be kind of a, a giveaway yeah. too. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of noticing another trend is for them to work through other internal users. So like I'm in accounting, right? Mm -hmm. And they, I notice they're, they target other business users in our organization, mm. you know, and they're not schooled in being so cautious. So that's kind of a trend I see. Um, so then when you get it, it does come from a legitimate internal email. It can. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's becoming more common. And, you know, some of them have been sent to me by internal users and I scope it out and figure out this is wrong. And so I let them all know and, you know, give details to them. So they kind of know to be on the alert, but, you know, I've had people say, well, I thought that looked a little bit odd. <laughs> well, listen to your <laughs> But um, another thing I, I wanted to just kind of mention is, you know, I, I'm guilty of it. And I'm sure many of us are. Probably you know, me too. We're, we're, uh, it's so easy to email. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to say it, you know, the importance of picking up the telephone 
And that seems to be our last wall of yeah. defense, you know, is to really get through to the person that we know that we're really talking to. And, you know, companies do a terrible job of updating contact information in the master vendor file. So, yeah, yeah, indeed. And, you know, and when I think back, because I've been writing about this stuff for over 20 years ago, 20 years. And, you know, when I started and for a long time, we never talked about doing the due diligence that you're doing now. If so, you got a change of bank account request from a vendor you were doing business with, you just changed it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's how I used to do it as well. And uh, I remember, I don't know how many years ago it was. I'll say six or seven. Uh, I don't know. But uh, we, our department had just had a little training video session, right? Uh, And they were talking about changes to the master vendor file, especially banking changes, Mm -hmm. yada, 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 and be sure and call. So we just received that training. And I got a phone call, actually received it as a phone call, uh, a man wanting to get the form so they could change the banking on Mm -hmm. one of our, it turns out to be one of our large construction vendors. So I really didn't think anything about it. I sent him our form, you know, and had him send it back. Somewhere along the way, though, I called for the for the new training I had just received. I called, spoke to them, and, and it was a bogus thing. Well, that particular, the fraud man kept pestering me, calling me every <laughs> two or three days, and I just quit answering the phone. And I think he finally realized I'd, I'd gotten on to him and, uh, you know, so you you talk about that pestering again, going back to the not-for-profit, we had one who was, you know, uh, I was just ignoring the emails because I knew, right. It was, and finally I responded and I said, look, I know you're a crook. We're not sending you any money. (laughs) (laughs) And then what they did is they tried somebody else within the organization. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't, they don't give up. Okay, so tip number one, if anything looks odd or out of place, question it. Um, can we talk about now tip number two, if there's a change in existing business practice? And of course, for us in accounts payable, that's usually a change in payments, uh, payment uh, methodology, but it could also be things like drop shipments. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't get involved in those kinds of things, but um my uh, supervisor did tell me about something of that nature where yeah. they had they had really scammed uh, scammed us by causing the shipments to be sent mm-hmm. elsewhere. Yep. So I, I don't particularly handle that, but I know she mentioned that. Okay. And then tip number three, which you've already um, uh, talked about a little bit, but I really want to emphasize it, <clears throat> is examining the email addresses and examining mm-hmm. them closely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you came up with a really, really good tip is that just copy and paste it into, uh, you know, you put it in notepad, you could put it in a word document, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, in a, in a font that will show you a different font, not, I guess, Times New Roman or Verdana, which is one I like. Yeah. Um, a notepad, you don't really have to choose the font. So that's, that's kind of what I use for my little scratch pad, you know, but (laughs) it's a good place to identify these email spoofs. Yeah. And and the poor guy, I mean, I contacted him to make sure he was okay with me sharing this story 
And uh, he said, you know, here we are six weeks in. And he said, this really hit us hard. We're still digging out. Yeah. So I don't well, know what else they uncovered. but Right. And you don't know if you were the first one or the third or fourth one. And money went someplace. Well, I think I was the first one to tip him off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sure you were the first yeah. one. But yeah. were, were others successful? And uh, Yeah. I yeah. Don't know. We, we hope not. I hope All not. Right. So you talked about the I and the L. Uh, the other one that I saw recently, um, and I knew it was a fraud from other things, and it was only when I looked closely, you know, PayPal is inundated with all sorts. And this one came from not PayPal.com, but Pay.Pal.com. Hmm. And, you know, um, Colleen, I had to look at it a long time to figure out what was wrong with it. Yeah. And another one I've seen, um, this was one of, this has been a few years ago, too, another fraud attempt. <laughs> Um, but it was, um, it was like two N's in a row. Yes. Instead of an M. Yeah. That was kind of hard to see. Yeah. Two N's in a row or you know what else? An R and an N instead of an M. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, you're looking at a hundred emails. They're all like size 10 or 12 font. You're hurrying. Mm-hmm. It's a miracle if you can uncover some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it really is. It is. And then, of course, what you did, um, tip number four, thoroughly investigate any uh, change of bank account requests. Oh, another one, uh, uh, poor grammar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, they're I getting one, better at not having that. <laughs> I know, but I had one just within the last few weeks where they were, uh, you know, They'd see uh, do a partial sentence in a period, and then another partial sentence in a period, and another one, and it's like, (laughs) right, right, right. But the grammar has gotten better, and just because it's good grammar, don't assume, um, yeah, you know, especially if it's too good. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So when it comes to these change of bank account requests, you cannot afford um, to ignore this stuff. You really can't, and it really pains me when I do a live presentation and. 20 or 30% of the audience says, well, we're still not doing this. We -hmm. recently did a short video on this issue, which you can see right now by clicking on the link that will appear momentarily on YouTube and is in the show notes below. As always, we appreciate your thumbs up, your subscribes, your shares, and your comments. And of course, you, Colleen, for coming to share this with us. Thank you.